Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Before we start, I'd like to just let you know that I have a special course discount for all podcast listeners. Get 10% off all courses with a special listener discount code and you can find the code and the link in the show notes. Also, I now have ClearPay available as a payment option, which allows you to spread the cost of a course across four interest-free payments. So just make sure you select that option at the checkout if you would like to use that. Today's episode is another listener and client birth story. Uh, Julia, or Jules as well as she likes to be known, she did a group course back with me in January. And she went on to have her little boy, Leo, in April. And she is here today to share her story. So Jules's story is a really interesting one. And also, I think, a really important one because she did all of the practice. She obviously, she did a course. She put all of that time in. And the sort of main part of her labor was exactly how she wanted it to be um she used her breathing I'm not going to ruin it for you but she you know she did that first part of her labor kind of in her mind how she had planned it out however as we know sometimes and as I talk about often sometimes birth goes off plan um and can be unpredictable and that is what happened in Jules's birth story something kind of changed towards the end and she was left with not a lot of options other than to have an unplanned cesarean which is what she ended up having so her birth story overall she feels is positive she does still have a little bit of trauma from her cesarean just because it was so not what she had kind of planned but as we talk about in the episode her practice and her knowledge from her course that she did really did help her to stay calm and stay in control and she used her breathing throughout that experience in order to stay calm and kind of decision make as she should have been doing as well so she's here to share her story today thank you so much to Jules for coming on and I'll play the episode for you now Jules, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Jules, or some people know me as Julia, and I live in Florida Florida right now, in Fort Lauderdale. I moved here three years ago, um, originally from Wales slash Italy. Um, I'm a yoga teacher. I also work in fashion and do some graphics and art things. I came to find Claire on hypnobirthing when I was pregnant about a year ago with my first baby and I never looked back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you came and did a course, didn't you? Was it in January? I did it in January, yes. Ah, I feel so long ago now, but yeah. You have uh, done a course in January and then you obviously went on to have your lovely baby boy, Leonardo, but you call him Leo, am I right? Leo, yes. Um, In April, didn't you? So what got you interested in hypnobirthing to start with my sister gave me a book um hypnobirthing um and I just started reading it not knowing anything about hypnobirthing um and it just instantly sort of clicked something in my mind I'd always had quite a big fear about birth and pregnancy to be honest so it just I just picked up the book started reading it and couldn't put it down 
And after I read it, I started thinking, oh, there must be other material out there. So I started looking at um, what podcasts were out there and you were the first one to come up. And I started listening to you and I really enjoyed the chats you were having, felt really comfortable. Um, And it felt like it made me feel it made me feel like I was at home because obviously I'm here in America. Things are slightly different here. There's the time difference. So there are times in the day when I can't speak to my friends and family. And it was just really nice to switch on and listen to a, to a familiar conversation. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and also, so you're a yoga teacher. So I guess some of the kind of the breath work and like some of the, the theories you're probably familiar with anyway from, you know, teaching yoga and learning all, of, all about that. They do kind of overlap a little bit, I think. Yes, that sort of resonated with me. I could understand it. Yeah, definitely. I do actually, I have a lot, a fair few. I've taught quite a few yoga teachers actually in my time, which I I wonder if I kind of worked it out on industry. I feel like yoga teacher would be quite high up there. And I think it is because it does resonate often with people typically that teach yoga are pretty spiritual anyway. And I think that it it resonates a lot. So perhaps they they decide to take that hypnobirthing path which, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I guess that's that's kind of funny. Um, okay, so please share your birth story with us. I was really looking forward to the birth and delivery at, um, by the, towards the end of my pregnancy. I had a beautiful pregnancy. Um, I can't really make any negative comments or complaints. Um, it was everything I hoped for. I really enjoyed it. I was able to connect with lots of different people through prenatal yoga, um, and that really helped me. I was very sure about what I wanted and what I didn't want. Um, I felt really prepared with all the knowledge that I'd gained through hypnobirthing and lots of other research that I had done. And I was almost not confident, but I felt good about it. I didn't feel the fear that I had thought of maybe in, in the past. My waters broke naturally at home in the night, um, which I was really happy about because I I didn't, that meant that I could not control the situation, but I was a bit more in control of things. I didn't have to deal with that. Oh, what if they want to induce me or because the medical system here as well, there is that to bring into it. (laughs) It takes that. It takes that kind of impending induction talk kind of out of the question then, doesn't it? If your waters go. (laughs) And it was a week before my, so that was really exciting in a way I thought yes I've got the first bits the the worst the hardest part's done because it started on its own so I've got this um I labored at home for quite a long time after my waters broke um I had no doubt whether it was my waters breaking It, it was sort of it was it was definite that that's what it was and then about six to eight hours later I made my way to hospital quite calmly because it was five minutes away my husband was very on board with my plan and my my preferences. We'd written the birth plan together and it took him a while to get on board with hypnobirthing. But once he understood it and and realized how important it was to me, he he was really on my side, which is good. Yeah. And my my labor progressed quite consistently with no real need for anyone to get involved which I was also super thankful about. My contractions were getting stronger, more frequent. I was being offered an epidural about every five minutes by a certain nurse who was, who was on duty. Um, she just didn't really understand or care 
no. <laughs> to understand what I wanted. But I sort of just let it go because I realized that she wasn't really going to change. I just, I knew as soon as she came in, that's what she was going to ask. So that's I was quite ready. frustrating. Yeah, like <laughs> some, somebody just asking you constantly whether you want one. And it just, it, it's so... You know, it's something that like we teach, don't we, in the hypnobirthing, that it's it's as soon as something's kind of put in the mind as well, like if someone's suggesting things, it's so hard to get that thought then out of your mind, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I was really conscious about the fact that if I got angry about it or reacted, that might affect my labour. So I was quite... Yeah, that's true. I was trying to brush it off and just get it over with and, and carry on because yeah. I was in a good place. And this carried on for rather a long time so yeah my my labor continued to progress we were in a room to ourselves a light machine on the ceiling which was making these sort of constellation stars and clouds over the ceiling which is really soothing oh, I love that yeah I had a I had a cooler filled with ice cold towels with essential oils oh that's which, such a good idea I love that that which every sort of five minutes every time I had a surge I would ask for one and my husband would give me one I'd put it on my head on my chest oh, I'm gonna suggest that to people I really like that idea what what scents did you have what essential oils did you have I, I used lemongrass which isn't amongst yes. the ones yes I just love the smell of it it makes me feel good and it, it gives me energy and it also calms me so it's one nice. that I use for yoga yeah I like the lemongrass smell as well sometimes I diffuse it in like the kitchen or something but it is a not yeah it's a nice smell but I can see what I need it gave me that sensation of when I'm lying at the end of a yoga class in Shavasana. So oh, yeah, that's so nice. I kind of want to go and do that now. Can I? Can I I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that after we've finished. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and I, I moved. I moved. I was very conscious about um, not staying in one place and not lying on my back too much and moving around. So I did move quite a lot between standing, the bed, the ball, sitting, squatting all kinds of different shapes and zones of the room yeah and this just continued continue to happen and I did also I, at first I wasn't going to accept any vaginal examinations but I did accept I think two or three along the way and yeah. each time they confirmed that I was moving along I did yeah. I thought I was but I just I wanted that confirmation yeah. and sometimes you know that it, it that can help like it can help you mentally you know oh like good I'm progressing you know it's fine to accept them completely time there was a positive um development so it just sort of made sense to continue like that and this just kept on going until about 4 a.m so at this point almost 24 hours since my water is broken yeah. I was Finally, 10 centimetres. Amazing. <laughs> Excited about and not expecting either. I, I thought maybe it was a bit less. Anyway, that's what happened. Had you uh, had any kind of gas and air or anything like that? I hadn't. And gas and air isn't an option. At least it wasn't in my hospital. Oh. Not a very common thing I've, so I've heard here in America. Oh, I did. Okay. Um, so that wasn't even an option. So when I knew that wasn't an option, my main thing was not to have any sort of medical intervention I had a comb I had what else did I have yes, pain. The comb. yeah which I was squeezing the life out of I actually realized I was using the comb the wrong way afterwards <laughs> it obviously worked though <laughs> it did something I, I did use affirmations for a fair bit I on and off it, between affirmations and soothing music yeah this went on and eventually my 
it works in um in America your your doctor sort of follows you through your pregnancy and then it's quite common that they are present at the at the birth so it was my doctor um they called her and she knew all about me she knew I taught yoga she knew what my preferences were not necessarily that's not necessarily her normal path but she was on board with it and she respected it that's good is, is it? yeah she was she was also extremely positive when she arrived 10 centimeters she knew my history um and she was almost overconfident when she arrived in expecting the baby to be with us very shortly right and in my mind I sort of got past the, the hardest part yeah I thought I didn't realize the hardest part was still to come but I, I thought since I'd got this far without the pain meds and doing everything the way I wanted it the next bit was going to be yeah. fairly strange. that wasn't the case there <laughs> Um, so we're 24 hours in there's also the fact that my waters are broken and the hospital policy is to not take you beyond 24 hours even um, if you've been laboring though like what yeah I believe so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't well, I'm so not, they would have wanted to intervene in some way after 24 hours yeah. wow, isn't that crazy though yes <laughs> and doing anything or at risk of inf- I've been, been at home and then straight to hospital it's not like I'd done anything else so no. um and so she sort of said well at this point I'm going to leave you to it Nearly oh over. there he is <laughs> he knows we're talking about him <laughs> and I was honestly excited about this next part the the night before or two nights before on a walk I'd listened to a podcast about it was all about the urge to push it was specifically about that um and how it was so important to wait for that and so important to to follow your body's leads yeah. and I was all about that I was waiting for that sensation I was my, yeah. my body was ready for it I didn't want to push too early or too hard or so I had all that in my mind and the urge to push came and I it just there's something just felt off with it. Oh, I was doing it wrong. So I thought maybe I needed some to, to be in a different position. Something just didn't feel right. I could feel that I could. I knew my baby was on his on his way. I could feel something changing. I could feel sort of him descending, and I could feel his energy and presence sort of yeah. there. Um, but it just something was off. Anyway, I I put it down to me not doing it quite right and needing to sort of get a few more goes. Anyway, this this feeling just kept on going, and when I look back on it, it was a very long time that this happened. And every time, my my doctor and the nurse were they they were almost not aggressive with me, but they were quite forward in saying that I was doing it wrong and not pushing, not, not pushing hard enough. And right. <laughs> one day he was right there and I kept going, giving it every bit of energy that I had and his head was starting to appear. Um, so then they were getting excited and expected him to be with, with us shortly. And they kept, they kept sort of, building me up saying one more push and he's there what he'll be in your arms with the next push there was no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't be I just thought I just had to figure it out and like maybe move slightly or yeah. push away so I tried I was 
on on my back for some of the pushes but I also yeah. asked if I could stand if I could squat if I could be sort of in child's pose in some of my yoga poses yeah and it did some sometimes that helped I definitely felt more comfortable and as if something was moving but same thing after giving it all the energy I had I, I was still in that same that same point and I felt that there was something wrong right all I all I got was that I wasn't doing it right or hard enough or that's very frustrating as well because that's also like we talk a lot about instinct don't we and you know how you know we have to listen to our instinct and even from the first part where you started pushing or your body started that kind of fetal ejection reflex thing yeah. and you you already felt like it didn't feel right so that yeah, is yeah, that's your I, instinct I could feel my baby I could feel Leo moving I could I had this image in my head I think it was um a visual that you posted once of um, a simulation of a baby as they yeah. it. and I had that um, in my mind so strongly I was like I could just see him doing yeah. his thing turning moving my body softening and I had that so strongly in my mind and in my eyes that then it just wasn't happening um mm. And so, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, like, if you ke- if you are told it's something you're doing, it's hard because you there's only so many different kind of yeah, I guess positions and things like that that you can work with, and you still kind of knew that something didn't feel quite right. So it's interesting. Yeah, that- I, looking back on it, it felt that whole thing felt like it was about an hour, right. but it that it was it was more like three and a half to four hours um long time and it's a lot of energy as well a lot of energy you've already been awake for a long time and yeah and by this point even my husband he didn't know how this part was going to go he didn't know what to expect he was following the lead of the doctor telling me that I needed to do push harder and and he could see um, Neo's head as well so he was not really understanding why (laughs) nothing was happening Did they talk at all about like assisted delivery, like forceps or anything like that? Did they? Um, no, they didn't. I think at this point, um, oh, I think my doctor suggested giving me some Pitocin at this point because she said that would increase my contractions and that in that way there would be no way that he wouldn't come out. That right. he would, I think those are her words. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really know at this point... I, I, I wasn't in a place to sort of fight or, yeah. or it had been a really long time. My husband, who uh, until this point had been really good at advocating for me and bossing people around, he wasn't yeah. in it with it. So, yeah. and her words were so were so sure um, that I just thought, well, of course I'm going to. Yeah. You do. Um, I mean, you know, it's tough because you do sometimes, obviously, you know, we talk about this all the time, but, birth is so unpredictable and it it you know as much as you can plan for it and prepare for it which is exactly what you did and thank goodness you did as well because it that is what has had also helped you like you know through so far and for what then was going to happen but it does sometimes get to a point where it's you know if you're it's tiring and you don't always have that battle left in you and that's okay as well you know it just it, it's not always there and at this point, I was expecting uh, something to be said to me that they'd need to intervene. I, I, the, I, yeah. I thought that was going to happen. But she gave, she offered me this option and said that it would help, and I went along with it. 
And my, my contractions did certainly get more frequent, even stronger. The urge to push that I already had was getting wow. even stronger. And then I was exam. She examined me. And I remember so, I remember her words so clearly. She examined me um, and felt sort of felt inside around the baby's head and tried to understand why he wasn't descending any further. And she said, there's no way this baby's coming out wow. of you. The only way of getting this baby out is through, through a cesarean. And did she explain why? She, she knew very well that that was the last thing I wanted. Especially after everything. Bones. She said my intern, my pelvic bones were obstructing the baby's head. Right. And I, I am actually waiting to get the report from the hospital of of what went down and what happened. I've never really had a debrief about it, and that's something I'd really like to do. Yeah. But those are the words, and I might, I might have distorted them a little bit because, as I said, my memory is a bit foggy about those hours. But that's the main message yeah. she gave. And at that point, I just, I was crushed. I mean, I'd said yes to the person to increase the contractions. There was no way that in my mind that the baby wasn't going to exit vaginally because he'd already made such a long journey. And, and you'd and- seen his head, well, not you, but they'd seen his head as well. Or, bit, or you know, part of his head. They, they were so confident almost about him being with us soon. So that really shocked me um and I I felt I felt so crushed oh bless you same time I felt like I didn't really I couldn't question it or or fight it Mm. and I was exhausted at this point Leo's heartbeat had started to to slow down a bit and so they were were panicking a bit about that and and that was stressing me out so I just sort of I didn't I don't really know what I did I just sort of gave up and let them get on with it so handed my body over <laughs> yeah but that's sometimes you know that's that, and ultimately that probably was the right thing for you to do it's just yeah it's after so long it, I can understand how you would feel really deflated by that because you'd been through basically all of it you know at that point and it had all gone very smoothly and as I wanted it to um there's no, there was no sort of, it was all, yeah, very flowy and one thing led to the next. There was yeah. no, there weren't any hiccups. Um, and obviously they'd given me this Pitocin to increase my contractions. And so my contractions were incredibly strong and back to back. And the urge to push was, was absurd. I, I can't even describe that feeling, but obviously at this point they were said, but don't push now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just I felt this, I it was this weird moment where I, I knew Leo was right there he was trying to get out and I was trying to stop him and feeling and as you always say it's not an emergency c-section it's an unplanned c-section so, yeah and um, there was a surgery taking place at that time so I wasn't able to go immediately and then eventually I think a good two or three hours passed after this before they took me into the, the yeah that was a really hard moment and then obviously when they prepared prepared me for the surgery and have to do the spinal block the same thing I was still having this urge to push and it wasn't fun (laughs) but did you would you say do you think the things that you learn you know throughout hypnobirthing your breathing did it have did it help you in that time like calm you you know enable you to breathe 
Yes, it did. I mean, I'd used the breath work a lot throughout the labor, through each stage of the labor. At this point, I, I had to sort of remind myself, I had, to, I had to really sort of bring myself back and tell myself that I needed to do that to get through this part as well. Yeah. I think in my birth story, I described it as, and it's true, this is how I felt, I just felt like I had left my body and I was watching what was happening from, from, yeah. from another angle. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then the next thing I can remember is just hearing his cry um, and that everything sort of faded away after that. And it was this really distressed cry, which I'm sure is perfectly normal, but I just thought like, oh, poor little thing. He's been through so much. He's been stuck down there for so long. <laughs> no, they often, they often have very distressed cries because they're like, what? What is this? Why am I now outside in the cold? <laughs> yeah, but um, so he was, he was finally let into the, <laughs> presented into this world with three people helping him exit. Oh, and um, he was perfect. And Ryan obviously went to see him immediately and came back and told me that he was beautiful and perfect. And <laughs> so they, you haven't had a debrief yet, but have they given you any kind of um, idea I, of like why? I, at my appointment since then, I've always asked about to have more information from my doctor and, she hasn't really been very receptive to giving me more information. I don't know why. I would like to have another baby. <laughs> and I would do all that again, exactly yeah. as I did if I had to. There's no problem with that. However, I would like to know and get a second opinion yeah. why it happened and could it be avoided. And if it can't be avoided and there is a physical reason why that happened because of my bones, um, my body, then I will happily have an elective cesarean when the time comes yeah but I'm not going to do that unless I have that information you need a good reason exactly and you would absolutely if you wanted to be able to have a vaginal birth you had been through all of it it would you know it would be like having a second baby vaginally again do you know what I mean you've been through most of it it was just that end bit and I would absolutely as you said you know really they would need to give you a very good justification for why this I have said this a couple of times just chatting with a few people family and friends and when I go in that direction they think what are you what are you doing what are you saying You're crazy don't you understand what happened and it's like well, no you don't understand what happened and I I don't understand no. what happened because I haven't been told why it happened yet no, I know exactly it I'm fully aware of that and I would never do it again if it could be avoided um but <laughs> every birth is different anyway so the chances of it happening again that way is so slim anyway yeah. but yeah I would absolutely and if there's some reason why as she kind of alluded to something to do with your pelvis then yeah like maybe they can do a scan or you know do something to check like is there some sort of information whether I have another baby or not that is something I really need for myself just to get past this because it's been a real yeah. process to digest what happened and come to terms with it and I'm still dealing with it I, I I've come a long way but I definitely still have some trauma I get that yeah I get it but you feel do you feel do you feel like it was a positive experience overall like I know you are still dealing with it when I when I think about it I that that feeling I had when my waters broke at home that was such a lovely feeling and those hours afterwards were a really nice, calm time. And I really tapped into everything I'd sort of learned over the months beforehand. Um, 
and I would I would recommend that to anyone if that can happen if you can I'm not I know it's not always the case that people's waters break naturally um the other thing is if I did have another baby and ha- had to have it by a cesarean because that's because yeah. the reason given to me then I would love if I could do the same thing where I wait until my baby's ready because that made but in my mind the idea of doing all of that without the natural labor happening that's something I I struggle to come to terms with if I would have to just set a date and then that's when it's going to happen and I have no choice who knows what may happen but that's I would love to happen again yeah, no, I get, I understand that, that you would want it to start naturally at least yeah. and know that, you know, the, the baby is ready yes. to come out. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. But yeah, I would definitely keep, keep pushing for your, do they, so you can request your notes and things like that. Yeah. And you've done all of that. Waiting for them to come through. Yeah. So that's really important. And, you know, yeah, if you can kind of get, them pinned down to give a debrief but there are also other uh people that offer like and there's a really good program called three-step rewind I don't know whether I talked to you about this before I know that I am I've sent it to a few people um but it's kind of like a a kind of therapy thing I suppose you know for for anyone that has had a a traumatic or something that they they feel um kind of leaves them feeling a bit unsure but it helps you kind of go back through what happened so you could always look at doing perhaps something like that if you can't get the answers you want from your doctor. If you have yeah. your notes, you can get them looked over by other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, they yeah. went there. Yeah, as many opinions as I can, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, to different doctors. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good idea, definitely. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. And it's interesting, like, it's good to have these different types of stories as well, where they end differently to how perhaps we think they're going to because that is sometimes how birth is from the from the get-go as soon as I started to tell people I was pregnant there was a lot of assumption that because of my lifestyle and my being a yoga teacher and being very active that there was I would have no problem at all and I think that's really important to share with people that you shouldn't assume that and just regardless of their their physical state it doesn't mean anything no it doesn't it doesn't because we're all different you know our bodies all behave in different ways and just as you're an individual your your baby's an individual as well so of course everyone's gonna you know act differently and the best thing you can do as you did is prepare I think a positive thing as well is because I'm continuing to teach prenatal yoga is the experience has given me a much broader um, idea of what could happen and yeah. it's given me a bit more wisdom that I can pass on and share I've, I I tell my 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 yoga students now who are currently pregnant it's helped me um learn more and I can I can pass on what I've what I've learned <laughs> yeah definitely no it's great thank you so much and he's very chatty in the background there so I guess he's what seven months dada happening in the background <laughs> But thank you so much for sharing your story. It's lovely to talk to you again and see you again, seeing as it's been since January. Yes. <laughs> seen you. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Jules. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. A big thank you to Jules for coming onto the podcast to share her story. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd love it if you would take the time to rate and review it. I know 
most people listen on Spotify and there is a function now to rate it like there's some stars that you can press so I'd really appreciate that if you listen on Apple also there's the the review and uh, rating option on there as well Um, and you can also do a written review which I would really appreciate if anybody would like to take the time to do that I will see you in two weeks time for another episode goodbye